all of these people just contributed so much to the stability that I had that I didn't even realize I would really need, but boy, did I ever. Well, we often see people who seem to have been in church forever uh, and don't stop to think that perhaps they too were at one time new in their walk with Christ and in their relationship with others in the church. I think we can agree that relationships with other believers are a vital part of building strong families and a strong walk with Jesus. I'm Stacy Houck, and today we're going to take a dive into the topic of the value of godly relationships on this episode of This Is Family. It's a little cliche, but it rings true when we say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And in terms of walking with Jesus, it's so vitally important to build deep, godly friendships to help act as guardrails on our journey. Today, we have some very special guests joining us to talk about this topic, and they have a very long-range perspective when it comes to godly friendships. So happy to have my parents, Dan and Judy Houck, here with us today. And we're going to reach back over 40 years and talk with them and, and see how relationships played a role in their lives and their walk with Jesus. Dan and Judy are wonderful people, not just because they're my in-laws, <laughs> but I've known them all my life, and they have always been examples of dedicated Christians who serve the Lord with their whole hearts, and we're so pleased to have them with us today. Thanks for coming to be with us on This Is Family. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. It's uh, maybe not one of our favorite things to do, <laughs> talking to a microphone, but... Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we're excited. Well, let's maybe start our conversation today by giving some people um, some background on your individual walks with the Lord and uh, how you came to a committed relationship with Jesus. So mom, uh, you know, you grew up at Calvary, um, you know, a Calvary kid and, and had the entire experience of growing up at Calvary. Dad, you had a very, very different uh, childhood, almost kind of the polar opposite, really. So give us a little bit of background on what that looked like uh, for each of you. So I am not only a Calvary kid, I'm an old Calvary kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase, but there is an old Calvary group of people oh, wow. that came from the old sanctuary Okay, that were raised in the old sanctuary. Wow. And I was one of those. I was blessed with the best all of my life. I came into the world to terrific parents, Don and Midge Piper, who were loving and hardworking people and raised me in truth. And when I say I was blessed with the best, not only with my family, because I had my mom and dad's parents, mm -hmm. Grandma and Grandpa Jackson, mm -hmm. Herman and Flossie, mm -hmm. um, were founding members of Calvary Tabernacle. And then my dad's parents, Leonard and Vera Piper, came very shortly after that and started coming to Calvary. So in that way, I am extremely over-the-top blessed. Yeah. But it doesn't stop there. I had the most incredible pastor, Brother Nathaniel A. Urshan, mm -hmm. that almost brings tears to my eyes when I mention his name. He still holds a very, very special place in my heart. Yeah. And then there was Brother J. Hugh Rose. <laughs> I sang in his youth choir. Yeah. And what an amazing man, big in every way. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Big in stature, big in his love for God, 
big in his voice, big in his love for all of the Calvary people. And one of the little funny things about him, when we were in the youth choir and we'd go down to sit after we sang, he kept his glasses in his in his jacket pocket. And if anyone was misbehaving, even the slightest, the glasses came out of the pocket. The temples <laughs> stayed folded across the lenses, but he held them up to his eyes and he just kind of looked. <laughs> and he could give you this look from across the room that you couldn't miss. Wow. And you knew you better behave. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't. I didn't experience that, but I heard that from my friends, of course. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but anyway, I was baptized at the age of 10 by old brother Ralph Mercer, wow. who is uh, our dear friend Jonathan Romine's grandfather. He was the one who did all the baptisms wow. when I was a kid. And then I received the Holy Ghost when I was 11 at home in my bed wow. by myself. And those two events in my life were just the beginning of an awesome, awesome walk with God. So, uh, yeah, blessed in every way. And um, just thankful to be third generation Calvary, third generation apostolic to the core, having raised fourth generation and now bringing up fifth generation in the truth. And I'm just so thankful. Dad, it's quite a different story for you. Well, it is. And I tend to forget that until I hear her story. And um, because it was obviously so long ago, but um, it was totally, totally the opposite. Uh, and I really, it, when, when you're when you're growing up not in the church, you really don't know any difference. Sure. Because right. you have nothing to relate it to. So I I just thought my childhood was kind of the normal childhood. Um, my dad and mom had their issues, and um, so they were. My dad has a history. His his parents and his grandparents were all um, alcoholics to a certain degree, and uh, so they they struggled, and uh, my mom struggled. And really, as a as a kid, you're just a kid. You know, you're just having fun. You're yeah. out playing in the streets. Uh, we didn't have parks. We didn't have. We grew up in the streets. Uh, mm-hmm. There was there was no sidewalks. You either go out in the street or you. That was yeah. it. So you really didn't have much of a choice to to really realize how different life was. You thought as a child in in my years. You know, I thought that if you couldn't discuss something out, which we were really good at yelling at each other. <laughs> and, you know, thinking we yeah. were really talking and defending our points. And if that didn't work, you just fought it out. Mm. And that was just kind of the norm in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was totally different than what Judy grew up with. And and it was so long ago, you know, I, I feel like I've been at Calvary all my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, there were things that that as a child, not in the church, that you do and you, you just don't realize it's the wrong thing to do. You know, whether it's smoking or cussing or, you know, doing all the things that, that I was doing when I was just a kid. Because that's what everybody around you was so doing. Everybody so was you doing. just do it. You know, yeah. it was just kind of a normal situation. So, um, you know, yeah, our, our childhoods were totally different. And, um, you know, I'm really, it's just incredible yeah. uh, once I got to know Calvary. Yeah. So it's a big difference there. So um, I guess this is a question for 
Judy, how did the relationships that were formed in you know your childhood with those in leadership around you at Calvary? How did those um, help you as you matured into you know a young adult, teenager, young adult? I think to a large degree, it's almost like you have to look back on things like that to get the perspective because when you're going through it, you know when you're living it, it's not as obvious the benefits. But I have to say that um, Brother Urshan was a rock, an absolute rock for me. He taught, he, his, his thing, you know, uh, m- most pastors kind of have something that they emphasize or that they um, really stressed to teach, and he was all about who Jesus was mm-hmm. and who Jesus is. And, I mean, he could get as deep as you wanted to to go on on who Jesus is, and that has stuck with me throughout my life. All of the ministry at Calvary was superb, and I never once questioned whether I was loved, whether I was cared for. Brother Urshan, it's kind of funny to me, I, I have heard people say before, even my elders have said how they were a little bit afraid of those black Persian eyes (laughs) because they could just kind of stare a hole through you. I have to say that I never felt that. I always felt close to Brother Urshan, and he allowed that. I was in his home a lot. I interacted with his kids. Sister Olga was a peach. Yeah. And um, just all of those people, Brother Rose, Brother Mercer— um, so many of the elders of the church, sweet little lady that used to fly around the church when she'd get blessed, Sister Hampton. <laughs> I mean, all of these people just contributed so much to the stability yeah. that I had that I didn't even realize I would really need, but boy, did I ever. Yeah. 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 Sure. So um, I would have to put Brother Urshan at the top of that list, and I think he will forever be there. Now, Mom, you've mentioned some names that, uh, you know— People who are maybe interested in the history of uh-huh. of Calvary and and really of of the Apostolic movement uh, would maybe be familiar with, but I'm sure there were also some people who we wouldn't know their names, uh, friends that were your own age growing up, and, yeah. and Sunday school teachers and things like right. that. I mean, uh, so all of those people created this beautiful tapestry for you. Yes, they did. Um, that and and you kind of kind of touched on it and we'll talk about it in a minute, but you said, okay. boy, would I need those people? Yes. But before we go there, I wanted to get dad's perspective as well. You know, having not grown up in the church, I'll give people the Cliff's Notes version real quickly, meeting mom, uh, mom bringing you to Calvary. You came in with a very different perspective of the people and at the culture uh, of, of Pentecost and of Calvary Tabernacle. What, what was your initial uh, perception? And then as you continued to come to Calvary and continued to build your relationship with the Lord, tell us about some of the times when maybe some of those people were instrumental in your, your early walk with God. To kind of answer that, you have to go back just a bit. My uh, experience was I never had a suit Never had a tie, never had. I mean, I had zero idea how to tie a tie. I didn't mm-hmm. want a tie. I didn't, I didn't want a sport jacket. You know, I was kind of used to my lifestyle. Well, so, and, and I'll jump in here because I think it's important yeah. that 
you know, you left home at age 16 mm-hmm. with $20 and a chaise lounge. I think you've told me the story, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. even, even thinking about the tie or the suit was, mm-hmm. was completely out of the picture. Right. Uh, you're right. I left $20 in my, in my wallet and a full tank of gas Yeah. and one suitcase and, uh, came here and lived pretty much on the streets, you know, lived, slept in my car for several months. But coming to Calvary, when Judy asked me to come to Calvary, because we were dating and thinking about getting serious. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, I really like for you to come to Calvary and just to see what you think. I thought, wow, man, I don't know about that. I Sure, why not? You know, because it's truly, I fell in love with Judy immediately. Mm. It was just, um, <laughs> that never happened to me before. I didn't date that often. It was just, you know, Judy was was the person for me. I knew it. So um, I said, okay, babe, let's, you know, sure, I can do that. So we go to church together. She she helped me shop. We got a sport coat with uh, uh, the patches on the elbow, and you know, and and I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't even know if I had a tie. Probably did have a tie. She she had to teach me. But at this stage in your life, you're in the <clears throat> cowboy boots, the blue jeans, mm-hmm. the white T-shirt, the long hair. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. This is a very yeah, a different, beard, uh, right? Dude. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I had all. I mean, my 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 jacket was a blue jean jacket. And if winter time, I put on a hoodie, then a blue jean jacket. Yeah. So that was kind of my where I was coming from. Yeah. So to put on a suit was just like, oh man. And uh, walking in, it was um, it wasn't intimidating, you know, at all, uh, because everybody knew Judy. I think that helped me that I was with somebody that they sure. knew. And uh, so I walked in, and and um, uh, there was no condemnation. I didn't feel any any of that. I felt um, I felt accepted. I felt you know loved by the people that talked to me. Me and Angelo immediately became buddies because he had cowboy boots on, and I had cowboy boots on. <laughs> he had blue jeans on, and I had blue jeans on. So we kind of related to each other. Yeah. 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 So it was uh, it was it was pretty. You know that was, and he and I are still great buddies. And um, so. Uh, the the thing that that and I'll have to tell you what I told Judy because she asked me the question when we got back in the car for the first service, and she said, "So what'd you think?" I said, "Wow, well, you know, Jude, it was." Um, I said, "What's up with them? You know, all praying out loud." Mm-hmm. So I thought when you pray, you're supposed to be quiet. You know, I don't know where that came from. I just thought that. So she explained that to me. I said, "Okay." So what's up with the raising the hands, like holding your hands up? So she explained that to me real well. I said, what's up with Sister Hampton and, you know, kind of running the aisle there, and, yeah. you know, and she explained that to me. So I said, wow. I said, I don't know. I said, those people are kind of crazy. <laughs> and uh, so I could tell it was kind of, you know, it, it wasn't the response she really wanted from me. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked at her, I said, you know, babe, I said, but the women in that church were beautiful. I said, well, not in a lustful way, just in a beautiful way. A very pure. Pure. Yeah. yeah. And not knowing then what I know now. Yeah. You know, I was seeing the Holy the Holy Ghost in yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was they were just so beautiful. And I said, I don't just I don't know. And I said, and that Pastor Urshan. Yeah. I said, he was talking to me. Mm. So I looked at her, I said, what time service tonight? Uh, wow. Mm. So that started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your experience could be said of many people. You know, you you come and it's like, wow, what is all this? But I 
feel and see something different. And then the re- early relationships that you that you formed were really so critical. You know, if we think about kind of now, here you are uh, starting your relationship with one another. It wasn't always easy. Dad, you talked about your life not being mm-hmm. easy, but mom, something that maybe not many people know, but you've said you're willing to to talk and share a little bit about. But you came out of a, a very difficult first marriage at this time that you've met met dad. And, and um, so when you're coming out of that traumatic time in your life, having gone through the divorce and, and now reconnecting with your, with your roots at Calvary, with now dad alongside of you, who's has no roots really, what role did, did that reconnection with the relationships have in that process in that time of your life? Well, first off, I'd like to kind of give a little disclaimer Yeah, that um, what happened to me was a bit unusual, I think, and I would not recommend anybody following my steps. Mm. I did what I had to do to survive, Yeah, but things are different now. People understand better now. Mm. I was one of the first people at Calvary that I knew of or anybody in my circle of people to ever get a divorce, mm-hmm. and I was married to that first man that I don't even say his name anymore mm-hmm. um, for a very short time mm-hmm. because it was almost like a, what do you call it? Like Dr. Jekyll and yeah. Mr. Hyde yeah. kind of thing um, that I thought one thing before the wedding and something else showed up after. Wow. I did find out that people knew mm. what he was like, but they wanted me to fix him. Oh, wow. So they didn't say anything mm-hmm. to me. That's hard. And um, I, I was very naive. I was very uh, sheltered. Uh, all I knew was church. Mm. And the one thing I can always remember thinking, um, I mean, the man was abusive. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, and this is a very kind of, again, naive thought, but it's like, why would anybody want to hurt me? Mm. I couldn't imagine, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And it just so floored me. Mm. And so like, just threw me in a crazy kind of, I didn't know what was up. So I ended up tumbling and the people at Calvary at that time were not used to people being divorced Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what to do with me Mm. now there were exclusions of course my mom and dad my grandparents and i have to mention here my uncle mike hobbig and aunt Aunt jan that stood up for me and protected me and let me come and live at their home because i was being stalked i will forever be grateful to them for that and i love them dearly but like i said i i just kind of tumbled And while I never had any intention ever of walking away from God, walking away from the church or whatever, I didn't fit Mm. at that time. There was no singles ministry. Um, I didn't fit with the youth group, although I was still, at that time, I believe I was still 19. I I was living in St. Louis at the time of the marriage, but I only lived with him three months and came back here to establish residency in Indiana so I could file for the divorce. Mm -hmm. I was told I could get an annulment 
for the reasons, but that would have taken a lot longer and a lot of information I didn't want to go over. So um, we just went for the easiest, quickest. So had to come back here for six months. In that six months, my friends, my peers here didn't know what to do with me. Mm. And they didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much cut off um, from my friends. And I don't know if that was their parents not being comfortable with me or or what, but um, it was extremely difficult because as much as you appreciate your parents and your grandparents, you need your friends. Mm. And I had one of my best and dearest friends later way on down the line said, Judy, I just didn't, I just didn't know what to say to you. Mm-hmm. So she stayed away. They mm-hmm. couldn't relate. They probably, couldn't relate. They just didn't they know couldn't how to relate. And sure. Now that I see it, I, I can't blame them, but, but it doesn't, it didn't make it any easier. No, at the time. it didn't. Yeah. yeah. So the person who tethered me to the church was brother Urshan. He loved me through it all. Mm-hmm. He never made me feel unwanted. Mm. He never Crazy. chastised me yeah. or what I'll never forget. And I'll probably go too long here, but I'll never forget the night that he wanted to have a meeting with everybody in his office. And it lasted till one or two in the morning. And at the end of it, he asked everybody in the room, and this included my ex and his parents, my parents. And at the end of this, this meeting, he, he asked everybody in the room t- to leave except for me. And he said, Judy, I've known you all your life. What did this man do to you to make you so, I mean, my ex-husband sit, sitting there crying, asking me to come back and I am without emotion. And he said, what did he do? So I proceeded to tell him and he stood up, came over to me and he said, I want you to know you have a pastor who loves you. And he said, you do what you need to do. He said, I'm with you, whatever that is. So I did. Because I was fearful for my life. So anyway, but because my friends really didn't know what to do with me, and I didn't fit anywhere, I reconnected with my high school friends. They were more familiar with divorce. They had parents who were divorced or whatever. So I actually left church for a while. Hmm. Not proud of it. Not happy about it. No, but it it speaks to how valuable... Those connections, though, really exactly. are like you—you you had yeah. the—you felt connected exactly to a group not associated with the church, and so that's where you went, right? As opposed to having all these connections that you didn't feel connected to, right? And so that I think speaks to what we're trying to convey here today is how vitally important exactly those those relationships and connections are. Yes. So maybe fast forward then to. You're, you bring dad to, to Calvary, you're coming back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you're, you've got this turning point now. Right. Okay. Right. And so maybe I, I want to get a, 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 draw out a story here from dad that I've heard. Um, let's fast forward to the time when now you're, you're both here, you're coming. I'm young. I think I was a young baby and dad's 
maybe a little upset at me in church for something as, as a little baby, you know, can be a little frustrating. And I think, uh, was it John ranking brother, mm-hmm. John ranking? <laughs> T- tell us about that. Again, it goes back to what I was raised in versus where I am now mm-hmm. at Calvary. Mary Judy, you know, and and we instantly have not mm-hmm. too instantly. <laughs> well, three months later, so a year later, we have a baby, yeah. and, and it's Benjamin. So, and and I really didn't have a real good example of being a father, mm-hmm. uh, but I was getting to know a lot of people, and um, John saw something, and John Ranking saw something in me that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so he 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 came up to me and because you you were misbehaving, I forget. Probably one of the few times. <laughs> no. So, uh, so I not true, you what know. it was, but yeah. uh, John saw something to me I didn't even know I had. He came up to me, and um, he didn't know me. You mm-hmm. know, he knew Judy. He really didn't know me. So he said, um, he, "He said, hey, I'm John Ranking, and you know, I, I, I just want you to know that I'm going to pray for your anger." Mm. And I looked at him and said, "What anger?" <laughs> and he goes, "I just want you to know I'm going to pray for your anger." Wow. And and he became my, uh, boy, my spiritual friend. Wow. Didn't mm. expect that, but he he to this day, yeah, you know John's always there. But he he came to me at a time that I really didn't know I had yeah. this this in me. He came to me and said, "Hey, you know I'm going to be there for you. I want you to know that." And uh, so he has. Wow. And that just I mean it's obvious how much it touched me then and now. So, well, and what I'm hearing from, from both of you coming from such drastically different backgrounds, but both of you having things in your life that were just hurtful. Mom, you're that time in, in your early adulthood that just was so painful to you and kind of grappling with how do I get back? Dad, you're, you know, going through just really horrible things in your teen years. and and um, But then coming to this place where the relationships that you're forming, the human relationships that you're forming and have formed, draw you to a place of relationship with Jesus. That had those relationships not been there, probably the, the relationship with Jesus wouldn't have been what it, what it was and is today. Your dad... He started a relationship with Jesus even during his time of yeah. uh, tragic years as a child that he had to go through traumatic times. He's told us the story of yeah. the Can hand that he would reach for. Tell us that. That that and needs he didn't to be even told. know God yet, but um I, I think that I think every every I think God constantly is pursuing you from day one because of my experience that as a child. You know, wasn't raised in in atmosphere at church, but there were times I'd lay in bed and I'd just raise my hand up, and I felt like somebody was holding my hand. And my brother would say, "What are you doing, man?" And I go, "I don't know. I just feel like somebody's holding my hand when I raise my hand up." Mm. It was just kind of that nonchalant, you know. It's just like so. And this through, was a a regular occurrence, right? Yeah, it was a regular occurrence. Man. And then there was another time when you know I was pumping gas. I was working at a gas station for a few months and you get to know all the regulars, you know, and I'll make this quick, but um, a man came in and, you know, I was pumping his gas and that's when you check the oil and did the windshields Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So he came around and said, "Um, you know, you really think you're cool. You think you're kind of independent. You think you, you know, you're on your own path. And I said, 
I'm looking at him. I was like, who is this guy? So he says, you know, he said, you look like everybody else. He says, you, you, you need to find out who you are. And then he got in his car and left. But that was the start of me changing. It's like, am I like everybody else? Mm-hmm. Do I need to be something else? Mm-hmm. You know, is there something for my life? Mm-hmm. To, and it wasn't long after that. I met Judy and yeah. you know, I got into church and I looked back at all those things. I feel like God was there holding my hand. I feel like God was an angel, sent an angel to that gas station wow. to make me think differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think God's constantly calling you. And how many times did I just walk away from it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I gave into it. It's like, you know, and it, it's been since Calvary, uh, my life's been totally changed. I That never gets old. I love those those stories about God holding your hand. And yeah. so I'm glad you shared that with us. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what are some just final thoughts that you'd like to share with new believers or mm. prodigals who are, you know, coming mm. home about just the value of godly relationships in their walk with Jesus and how important that is? I would say I would just stress to get good mentors in your life, that good godly people. And probably even before that, I probably ought to back up just a little bit. Get very close to your pastor. Don't wait and expect them to always, you know, be looking after you or coming your way or whatever. Go out of your way to make mm-hmm. connections with mm-hmm. your pastor and the the good people that are in leadership and let them know who you are. Let them yeah. know that you're interested in, mm-hmm. in staying connected in, you know, tell me what I need to do to be better. That's great. Tell me how to be more connected. Tell me if, if you see something in me that needs work, help me, show me. and um, Invite them in yeah, to your space. Invite yeah. them into your space. That's mm. a very good way to say it. Wow. Yeah. I, I would agree completely. I think the, um, the men in my life at Calvary have been mentors to this day still. Um, you know, they were young then. I mean, I was young. They were in their 40s, and now they're in their 80s, and here we are. We're still—I still call them, and I still talk to them, still reach out to them. Uh, these mentors that Judy mentioned uh, are were godly men that just came into my life, and they were great examples for me. So once once you're here, find those those men that that you you just admire. Mm-hmm. Or something about them that you just admire. You kind of want to be like them. So, um, you know, find those those men, find those relationships. Don't hesitate to call them because they're busy too. You know, call them and say, hey, let's have some coffee. Let's yeah. meet for breakfast. You know, let me buy you lunch. You know, those kind of things are really important for, it, it just builds that relationship with the man that can kind of lead you. And there's times that they say stuff, they don't even know they said it. Mm-hmm. But it hit me. Mm. It's like, wow. You know, there's the answer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be afraid to find your mentors, reach out to them, talk to them, and hold on to them. Wow. And I'd like to maybe just add a little something for parents who are listening, mm-hmm. of teens especially. Um, we've found it to just be so valuable for our, you know, teens, young adults, um, even preteen age, to have mentors in their life outside of us absolutely that they can open up to mm-hmm. and um it's been truly beneficial i think all of our kids would say that that they're thankful to have those people mm-hmm. in their lives yeah and then encourage encourage them to really have godly friends mm-hmm. yes um 
we have been blessed with amazing, the Romines, the Rankings, the Browns, the yeah. Tituses, the, you know, the Statons. Yeah. Um, just yeah. so many good, godly people that have been there through the happy times and the not happy times. Yeah. And walk, walk alongside. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. we know that they are there no matter what. Incredible. And wow. we are there for them as well. Well, Amen. we have, uh, we've certainly learned a lot from having this conversation with the two of you. And sure. we're just so, so honored and thrilled that you would take the time to, to share some very deep and impactful things from both of your lives with us. So thank you so much today. Um, I'd like to just ask maybe at the end of this episode, um, dad, would you mind leading us out in prayer? Lord, we thank you for this Jesus. opportunity, Lord, to to just share our lives with others. And we Jesus. hope, we pray that it reaches the ones that are in need today, Lord. We hope that our message penetrates others and that our lives are examples for you. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you for this church and for our pastor. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we just we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been great having you guys today on This Is Family. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having thank us. You. And thanks thank for you. being awesome yeah. parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks thank for being you. great kids. <laughs> Amen on that. We love you all. Yep. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell and we pray God's blessings on your family.